Grab your highlighters. Can't find them? They're probably right there in your pocket protector. It's time for that early childhood nerd podcast. Let's get nerdy. Here's Heather. Welcome to another episode of That Early Childhood Nerd. I'm Heather Burnt-Santi, and she is Lisa Murphy. Hello! (laughs) We're here to talk about Dan Hodgins. Dan. Before I knew Dan really well, I feel like I can say I know Dan pretty well now. I had a big old, like, like crush on Dan. In fact, on one time we, I wrote a sign on and I wrote, Dan, will you marry me? We were talking about Dan at a podcast and I asked Dan, I, I, I don't know if he ever saw it. Oh my God, <laughs> that's I, amazing. Maybe I'm letting the cat out of the yeah. bag, but we, well, uh, I'm ashamed yeah. to say I'd never heard of him until Uncon three years ago. Really? And so my first introduction to Dan Hodgins was spending four days in a condo with <laughs> Well, there you go. <laughs> so I just jumped right in, but um, uh, but he has quickly become my go-to on many topics, but particularly yes. um, helping kids with their behaviors, helping adults with children's yes. behaviors really is what I'm talking about. But So the quote that we're going to dig into is either from his book, Get Over It or Boys, both... Um, are excellent, and I forgot to check which book it came from, but I'll just recommend both of them. Both of those books should be required reading. I think so, too, and I always say when I actually do teach a college class, which is rapidly maybe approaching in my future, um, Get Over It's going to be one of the books that we use, Um, but I think you have to buy them on his website now. I don't think they're available anymore. Yeah. So the quote we're going to talk about is this, if our practices do not match our beliefs, then it is important for us to change. Uh, which seems pretty straightforward. Yes. Um, and as I was reading it, again, it was um, this conversation I had with Laura Spillman a couple episodes ago now about cleaning up where we talked about buy-in and um, how you need to be able to defend your your practice and, and your beliefs. Um, but then it occurred to me that this could be flipped the other way. And if, um, hold on, I have to pull it up again for a second. Um if our practices don't match our beliefs, then um, maybe it's someone who's in a more appropriate setting who also doesn't buy into that, and it's the other way. Like, um, give me an example. You yeah, kind of lost. Me. Yeah, so I'm thinking about someone who maybe is um, more. Uh, traditional preschool like we were talking about on the last episode the circle time yeah. the calendar time whatever but they find themselves in a program that that doesn't that's maybe more play-based child-led um, yeah and th- then i think that's sort of the opposite of what we usually talk about we usually talk about people who have more appropriate philosophies being stuck in programs that uh, you know what i mean so i know that was well, really rambling okay, so but I'll, i think it can go both ways it could but not if the person hiring did their job right sure you know what i'm saying yes yeah, I, I, I would think actually I would like to think that that would have been weeded out during the interview process. Yeah. So that the, unless they lied, 
you know, and I, I'm sure a lot of people give good interview. That's Absolutely. what we like to say. Yes. And then you throw them in the classroom and their true colors come yes. come to life. But, but we're all trained to lie in interviews. That drives me. That's one thing that drives me crazy. We're all trained to try and answer the question the way someone wants to, yeah. to hear it just to get the job. And as an interviewer, that made me nuts. Yeah. Um, yeah. We could probably do a whole episode on, on I, interviewing. I, I know. So, but I, I know what you're saying, but, um, but so, so if I showed up, I mean, and, and if, if I showed up, if I was, you know, teacher laminated lady and I wanted to do my calendar time all the day and I get thrown in as a co-teacher now with, uh, you know, let's say a very developmentally appropriate child centered play based kind of thing, I am either going to sink or swim or I'm going to turn into somebody who thinks, you know, like maybe was I hired to get people to be more like, like me. me? Yes. Yeah. And, and then, like, the, get the, look at that ego trip. Oh, they must have hired me because secretly I'm doing it the right way, yeah. and they want everybody to copy me. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Uh, another reason we should not just throw people into classrooms without the But then that circles back a little bit to... Five years ago. Well, I agree 100%, and I think that reinforces one of the points from our last episode together, which is the, the supposed, you know, desert of, mm-hmm. of quality people to, to hire, and, and I lived in a remote area, and these are the only people who live by who can work here, and, mm-hmm. and all, of that, all of that kind of stuff, and there often isn't a good fit, yeah. um, you know, for whatever, for whatever reason, even if, you know, somebody didn't come back from lunch, so you have to, you know, hire somebody before five o'clock, and... <laughs> You know, that's that's its own other conver- conversation. Yeah. yeah. Um, so I, I think if your practices aren't matching the beliefs, I, 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 I also think that could be the even just taking a look at the the superficial, maybe inconsistent messages, like not even really going uh-huh. a, to that deep place that I know you and I both like to talk about. But I mean, very sometimes obvious ones, like if you walk in and there's signs that say things like we're all welcome here, you know, but there's 14 timeout chairs, you know, right. or, you know, that kind of stuff or, or it's the process, not the product. It's all the sound bites that we have as yes. a profession. But when we turn inward and we look at our practice, we're like, wow, we're not really, we're not doing that. Right. You know, so we either need to recalibrate and come back to center or we need to take that stupid sign down because you are not welcoming everybody here. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, so that that process versus product might be probably the easiest way to see examples of practices that don't match beliefs or, you know, either way. Um, because I think about, you know, a place I worked a, a while ago with toddlers and they purported to be process oriented and that was what was supposed to be valued. But everything on this toddler bulletin board was identical yeah, all, all the projects, but but the teacher's rationale was, well, I didn't tell them which colors to use. They got to choose the color, and that, you know, so yep, I let them put the eyes wherever they wanted. Right. So is that an example of um, someone who just doesn't really understand, or is that someone who doesn't believe in process oriented art and is just spinning? Both. I think it could be both. <laughs> Honestly, yeah, because I, I honestly I had a lady come up to me one time at a workshop. This was a hundred years ago. This was like an early on in my speaking career story. Um, and I was talking about the apple, which I still talk about because yes. I think it's a because it's, it's a relevant. Very, it's still relevant, <laughs> unfortunately. Yes. So I had my apple thing up and I'm like, you know, this is what, you know, don't do the da, 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 da. And she came up to me at the break and she was furious. She goes like, I don't understand how you can't say 
that that's a that's a hands-on experience. That's a hands-on experience. And I and I was like, okay, calm, Lisa, take a breath. Mm-hmm. Ask her to define it. So show me how. What what do you mean? How is this for in your brain, teacher brain? The spell you're under was <laughs> oh, a hands-on experience. And I kid you not, Heather, she said they're holding the paper and they're holding a crayon. Their, Their hands are on are- the paper. Oh, my God. Yep. And and I was like, oh, my God. You know, that's and that's, you know, back in the uh, – I was still, you know, married at the time. And Tom was like, you know, Lisa, sometimes – sometimes – his metaphor was, or the language he would use is, sometimes a pan's just too high. You don't need to have a philosophical conversation about the Play-Doh and the temperature. Sometimes the heat's just too high. And he's like, sometimes you forget that that they're, that's where they are. Yeah. And so you're talking up here about yeah. hands-on and play and da-da-da-da-da. And sometimes people just need to have their their definitions recalibrated mm-hmm. a little bit. I don't know if any of that made sense. Yeah. but But... But but I was overshooting the mark. I was mm-hmm. trying to talk to them up here when really their definition, their understanding was here. And that is actually what started me on the journey of getting people to articulate yeah. their definitions yeah. of lang- of words, of buzzwords, of things that you think. Well, we all know what hands-on mm-hmm. means. We all know what process means. No, we, we don't. Right. We I, don't. I think that just asking people to define their beliefs. Amen. Is, yes. Is a, Sound again sounds like common sense, sounds like black and white, but but, not- but until someone in in my own life, until someone gave me a reason to either think differently about something or to defend what I already thought, I just was going to keep doing the way I'd always done it and not ever. And grow. that's because we're human. Yeah, that's exactly. Yeah, um, until someone gives me a reason to challenge a belief or to consider a belief or even to to understand that there is an underlying belief behind what I'm doing. Um, I'm, I'm not going to grow. Exactly. And look at the vacuum that then gets created. If you have centers that are, are, are 100% employed with people or filled with people uh-huh. who, who are just not DAP, uh-huh. you know, there's no, there's nobody in there to, to challenge or to grow mm-hmm. unless somebody takes it upon their own self. It's, you know, to maybe go to a workshop and have their mind blown, <laughs> you know, and, and, and then, but then look at the resistance there. I mean, it's another one of those vicious cycles. You get somebody who's like, yeah, I got nothing going on Saturday. I'll go to a big old conference and they do and they come back and they're like, oh my God, I had no idea. And so of course they come back to their colleagues and be like, oh my gosh. And boom, look, you know, what's the percentage of people who are going to like welcome that kind of new raw, you know, chaotic enthusiasm of trying something new. There's going to be, unfortunately, a lot of resistance to that. And I think that's intensified a little bit when it's about behavior. If it's some, some new, if someone has challenged what we believe about children's behavior or how to manage it, quote unquote. Yes. um, Then for some reason, we're all much more personally connected to our beliefs about that. Um, and I think part of it's cultural just because in the United States, which is my only context, so maybe this is the way it is everywhere, but this is where I am. We have a very uh, black and white, right and wrong. Um, your behavior is either good or bad. And if it's mm-hmm. bad, there must be some, you know, we'll say uh, consequence. But what I think we really mean is vengeance. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> there must be someone made to pay for for this thing that was terrible and wrong. Um, and, and we really, have, we're so emotionally connected to it that it's hard. What were you going to say? 
Well, and, and that goes back again to, you know, the, the scripts and the spells since you were little. You know, yeah. if you got punished for doing X, Y, or Z and nobody has ever challenged you to think any different, of yeah. course. And that even goes back to the study that you quoted, too, right. is you, if you, even if you were trained better, sometimes you will default to what you know first. Exactly, yeah. It's and, hard and, to change your mind mm-hmm. and to stay. It, it's harder. It's it's harder initially, but then with practice and practice and practice and practice and practice, you do reach a point eventually where you would never go back to the way it used to be. Right. You know, Bev and Dan used to say, um, and and Dan probably still does, and rest in peace, Bev uh-huh. used to say that that once you're on that path of changing your mind and and being engaged in better practice, the only time that you go back is when you're tired, frustrated, uh-huh. exhausted, challenged, upset, you know, because then you will default to what you knew first. Right, right. Which translates into working with children and behavior, because <laughs> of course children are going to be the same way. Yeah. So we'll be like, oh, you know better than that. Okay, yeah, maybe he does know better. Maybe he has the skills to do it better, but maybe he's also tired or upset today. And so he didn't quite get it. We're really good at making excuses for ourselves that we aren't willing to give to children. Exactly. Uh, Sorry. Pet. That's a soapbox issue for me. Anything about behavior I could go on and on and on about. Um, And I probably would agree with you on that. You know, I think for me it is too. Because I think also, once you see that they're, let me backtrack. Yeah. Sometimes in workshops, I'll say, if you guys belt out at me behavior issues that you're having, behavior struggles, behavior challenges that you're having, 99% of them can be solved with environmental adjustments. Mm-hmm. And, and expectation and like, adjustments. Yeah. Well, because I believe within the environment, <laughs> oh, I don't yes. in the environment. So this I includes gotcha. you. <laughs> Environmental adjustments will get rid of 99% of what you're calling uh-huh. a behavior problem. Yeah. Because and 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 because I think an environmental adjustment could is is a, is a continuum, right? It could be just everybody in the environment realizes that Maslow's hierarchy of needs is actually a valid thing. Uh-huh. So to what you just said, that somebody is tired today, somebody is hungry is today, you know, and so you know the, the they're they're not horrible, mean, little, rotten monsters. Um, They're not on purpose disrupting your circle time story, but they're sad because their dog died. Yeah, yeah. You know, to me, that is an environmental adjustment, is that the adult's framework is stretched a little bit to include that kind of stuff. Mm -hmm. Ranging to the other end, which would be, you know, why are they always running in the room? Well, that's because you've got a big old runway smack down the middle of it. Let's rearrange it, you know. So I, I think I think the idea of environmental adjustments is also a very multi-layered conversation. Right. Right. So, so going back going, to, ooh, I have a weird echo going on suddenly. Um, going back to the quote, then, if we're talking about, um, so we we say we believe in Maslow's hierarchy of needs, and you know we learned it, we talk about it, we want to meet children's every physical need before we demand anything else of them but then they drive us nuts in circle time and and our response comes from a different belief that children should sit and be quiet during circle time because the way they learn is by listening to me (laughs) then you've got all these conflicts and you have to really again be brave and honest with yourself what well I think I really believe the homework assignment would be if assuming that perhaps there's people who work at a center listening, like uh-huh. your your group homework assignment uh-huh. would be 
to make a list at a staff meeting of all the things that you guys claim to to be true. Mm-hmm. You know, and if that if look at your handbook and if you don't have a handbook, there's a problem <laughs> right there. Right. So go through your handbook and highlight the stuff that you're saying you believe in and figure out a way to start checking and balancing on that. Right. You know, no judgment, no finger pointing, no blaming. But and if that means you have to get some kind of an objective person in there, figure it out. Mm -hmm. But that's the only way because it's too easy for us to be like, oh, no, I was in a bad mood today or this isn't how it always is. You know, Mm -hmm. this is an exception. Excuse, 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 excuse. But if I had a camera on you, I'd see it's not an excuse. It's happening every single freaking day. Yeah. Or God, that sounds like fun. I would do that every day with staff (laughs) but or look at what what does our handbook say our beliefs are what does my personal philosophy say my beliefs are and then say okay so how do children see this every day specific ways children experience that belief or see that belief or how do I prove that belief in my daily practice and if there's a couple of things on your belief list that you can't come up with answers to that then those are the ones you look at and you say okay do I really believe that then if I'm not doing something that shows that belief every day, yeah, honestly with myself, do I really believe in that? And that's heavy work, but oh my it God, how could that transform work. the lives of children and yourself? <laughs> so I'll, I'll, I'll get all workshoppy on you. Perfect. The thing that I say pretty much in every single workshop is that you know, looking at everybody in the audience and I'll, I'll say something like, you know, I don't even know you, but I guarantee everybody in this room would check the box that says I'm, I'm here to meet the needs of the children. Mm-hmm. But yet you don't let them sleep if they're tired. You make them eat when the schedule says it's snack time. Mm-hmm. You lift them up while you're sleeping so that you can have snacks so you can get outside or you're going to miss your turn on the yard. So you have a disconnect there. Mm-hmm. And it is said with love. It is, uh, it's said on purpose in a in a way just to get people thinking mm-hmm. just to get just to get you thinking that that there that there even can be a disconnect i yeah. think that that's sometimes the first you know hi i'm lisa murphy it's like you know like a support <laughs> meeting right and and i never really stopped to think about the fact that we're saying a bunch of things as a profession right that we're not always actually doing right and it's easy to to lose sight of that when we're in the middle of that day where we have all those children and that schedule that we're supposed to be keeping and my own fatigue and my co-teacher's stress and we're just trying to survive the day. And unless, again, unless something challenges us to stop and think through like we've just described, we're not going to do it. Yeah. Because because of that, it's not that's not me judging anyone or saying anyone is being terrible but the reality is we're in the middle of a stressful job every day or at least yeah. a busy job even if it's not feeling stressful and so when do you have time for those moments of reflection um unless See, you're creating I, it. it you have time for the reflection and it'll reduce your stress when we finally Absolutely. go back to play-based environments yes <laughs> Where we're not living and directed by the frickin' clock and schedule on the yeah. wall. You know, and, and I don't understand that. A lot, it would, if you made a list right now of all the things about your job that stresses you out, and I showed you how we could eliminate all of that nonsense, <laughs> but you still don't do it, you're, you're frickin', is it a sadist or a masochist? I don't know which one you are, but you're, you are inflicting self-abuse on yourself. It's a masochist. <laughs> but yet telling me that you don't like it. So yeah. you're lying to yourself. Yeah. yeah. I think that I've said that about behavior. 
if you if you stop getting so stressed out about every little challenge to your authority, you will love your job so much more and be more effective and really see a decrease in those things that drive you crazy. Because so do we really want do we really want what we're saying that we yeah, want? Exactly. You know, and that's the big that's the big question. Yeah. Yeah. And Which, how do you know? You know, because we it's lip service. A lot of times it's lip service. Yeah. Yeah. So I'm going to I'm going to ask people who are listening to this if you are on the the nerd, the that early childhood nerd page and you're listening to this podcast to pop into the comments something you believe about working with children and an example of how children see that and just see what we can get and that might be like a really uplifting great list to look at <laughs> um and a good How way do to children that know reflection. that you're glad to see them right yeah exactly it's how nice, do children nice. know that you know. individualize or that you um, value community or whatever your your statement might say mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. i think that would be really cool to see yeah and having a poster on the wall is not um an acceptable answer no <laughs> No, it's not. We have a poster right there yeah. that says everybody's welcome here. Yeah. yeah, really? Yeah, yeah. Everybody? Everyone, are you sure? Everybody? Even Mackenzie. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, right. And that's I mean, Dan and we can circle back to Dan even. I mean, it was his quote, too, yeah. is, uh, you know, do, do you really love the kids or do you just love the kids that are compliant and do what exactly. you want? Exactly. Yes. Um, and and that came up with the cleanup thing, too. You know, do, <laughs> The, we like the ones who clean up and the ones who don't, we get annoyed with and they're not good and all that kind of stuff. But Because they're in your comfort zone. Yes. But right? then we say, oh, I love all kids. That's not, that may not really be your belief. <laughs> and if you really stop and, and to maybe, think. And I know I've, I've gotten a little like on a soapy box and kind of ranty, but that's, okay. um, that's why there, I there might be. On. Uh, that's okay, <laughs> but but there there might be room for even just granting permission as a as a first step uh-huh. of of saying that it's it's okay to admit it. Uh huh. Absolutely. You know, I, I again again it's workshop. I mean, it's what I do all the time, yeah. so it's hard to not go back to that. But I've had people come up at the first break and be like, "I never knew it was okay to admit that I didn't love them all." <laughs> Exactly. It's like, thanks, thanks for the permission. Right. You know, like, like it's not permission, of course, to be disrespectful. It's not permission to be mean or rude right. or inappropriate. I mean, and that should go without saying, but right. I'm going to say it, it anyway. Yeah. <laughs> but it, it, but the permission to, to be human and right. to admit that there was a disconnect, that acknowledgement is going to change her practice more than me saying anything. Mm-hmm. Agreed. And hopefully open the floodgates of reflective practice and honesty about your practice that could really transform the, well, the, your, whole, the, the lives of everything. the children that are yeah. showing up every day. Yeah. Yeah. And maybe your co-teacher, you know, maybe it's going to be contagious and it's yeah. that little ripple. It's that, that's awesome quote about how a, a candle loses none of its light by lighting another candle. Right. Yes. You know, I'm not any dimmer. I, I love that one. Yeah, I'm not any dimmer I because I shared with you, uh-huh. you know, but, but, but you, you have to want it or you're going to blow out your own. You know what I'm exactly. saying? I don't like get yeah. all too metaphoric but you know what I'm saying? metaphoric That's a good metaphoric-y. word. Yeah. You like that? <laughs> I do. So we'll just wrap up this episode on Lisa's new word. <laughs> Metaphorically. Metaphoric. Metaphor- <laughs> I think is what she said. <laughs> We're going to make that a thing now. People are going to uh, start holding up signs at your workshops speak metaphoric <laughs> she's so metaphoric 
What? It's going to be in Webster's new list now. (laughs) (laughs) All right. Well, thanks again, Lisa. Thanks for having me as always. I appreciate it. Yep. Thanks everybody for listening. Hope we'll see you on another episode of That Early Childhood Nerd. Goodbye. Goodbye. And that's the show. Now go get your nerd on. Thank you.